you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, recording live from my dorm room here at Syracuse University. Um, we'll see if we end up recording at like a recording studio here um, or something like that. Uh, as unclear to me so far, um, I'll let you guys know if that ends up happening. You'll probably be able to hear the difference. If you hear fans in the background, that's because it is extremely hot in the dorm room um and obviously i don't want to sweat to death so today obviously as you can tell we are covering the top defenses and the top kickers for fantasy football and honestly these are the two most underrated positions going into a fantasy football draft and the reason why i believe that is because people view them as you know the same amount of points across the board. No matter which player you're picking, they're going to get the same. And that's just not the case, right? These guys can add a couple between 5 and 10 extra points to your lineup, I think, every single week. And those numbers at the end of the season, they add up, and they'll win you a couple weeks probably, right, if you if you are able to draft these players well. My advice regarding drafting defenses and kickers is you know after you fill out your main starting roster your quarterback your tight end your wide receivers your running backs after you fill out all of those right any other player you pick is just going to be auxiliary right and what that means is they're only going to be used when another player has a bye week or if another player gets injured so those are either infrequent infrequent excuse me or, or not gonna, not going to happen and quite honestly that's why I would recommend picking a defense and then a kicker after you fill out pretty much either all of them or maybe you, you get one more player. Like, for example, um, I believe I picked Damian Harris and then I picked a defense because I saw him on the board. I knew he wouldn't be back around available when I came, when it came back around. So I ended up picking Damian Harris, but then I went and got my defense. Right. And that's kind of my advice with picking defenses because defenses and kickers, because, again, I'd rather have the best defense and the best kicker than a backup player who might start three or four weeks out of the season. I'd rather have a defense that's going to start every single week of the season. I'd rather have a kicker who's going to start every single week of the season. So let's jump right into it. We're going to start off with the defenses. And at number one, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this reasoning is quite obvious. They are the number one, in my opinion, defense in the NFL. I think their secondary is very good. I think their pass rush is very good. So they're going to get a lot of sacks, which are worth one point each. Um, they're, you know, they're going to get interceptions. They're going to force fumbles. 
Um, they're going to get defensive touchdowns, and they also happen to play one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, so against a lot of really bad teams from last season, which definitely bodes well. So to me, Tampa Bay's got to be at number one. At number two, I think, you know, my list, I'm, I'm moving it around a little bit. I had the Washington football team lower, but I'm going to move them up to two. I really do think this defense is incredibly talented. I think that the front four especially are incredibly talented and is what's going to carry this defense to a lot of prowess. They play Their schedule, I believe, is not that difficult, um, and they play the NFC East teams, which, again, are not that good, um, especially, you know, they'll, they'll make a lot of turnovers. Um, they have a solid defense, great running game, great at stopping the run. Um, their pass defense is very, very talented. Um, and that's kind of what's and, – and basically the schedule is what separates them from our, my two and three, um, or my three and four, I guess, at this point, which are really interchangeable. And that would be the Ravens and the Steelers. And the reason why they're interchangeable is, number one, I think both of these defenses are incredibly good. Um, I think that the Pittsburgh front seven, like I think, I think that T.J. Watt – they added Joe Schobert. Uh, they have Micah Fitzpatrick in the secondary. Um, and obviously, you know, the the Ravens are still a very good team. They lost Matt Judon, but they have plenty of players. And the Ravens have historically always had a great defense. The only downside is these teams play a lot of some tough games this season, right, against some tough teams. And that might not always bode super well for, the def- for, for these teams. But I think the vast majority of times, these teams are going to be very, very good. And they're going to be very, very good, especially considering, you know, the teams that they're playing. They're still going to perform well. I just think that they're a little bit lower for me um, than the other teams. At number five, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, The Rams, again, a very, very talented team. Obviously, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey two of the best players at their individual positions. I would say Jalen Ramsey, probably the best or one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL and Aaron Donald, easily the best defensive tackle slash defensive, you know, and whatever you want to call him, whatever he is, he's the best at whatever he does. Um, He's very talented. Um, They do have some high flying offenses out in, in the NFC West though. And that is a concern, right? I mean, those offenses are definitely going to cause, problems for any defense and we've seen it happen before to the Rams where they've gotten in these shootouts um I think that this year you know especially with Matthew Stafford at the helm that's probably less likely I think they're going to put up more touchdowns offensively hopefully keep the defense off the field more of the time and again I think that bodes really really well um for the Rams and I think the Rams again are a very talented team all around they did lose some players they did lose Josh Johnson um, and they did lose players like that. But I think overall, again, the Rams are a very, very talented team. Um, and one to be to be, uh, to be be reckoned with, I think, defensively. And I think they have a chance of being a serious top five team. Um, and definitely one that I wouldn't be afraid of picking. Um, again, we're talking about these, these teams are going to get you points every single week. Week after week after week after week. These players are going to get you points, and uh, that's just a fact. It's just a fact. These players, these teams are going to get you points, and they're going to be better than any player standing on your bench because they have a big, fat zero next to their name, right, at the end of the week because they contributed no points to the starting roster. The Rams, 
Well, if they get three, then they contributed three. That's still three more, right? They could get 10, 15. I mean, those are big numbers. Those are numbers that not only are going to win you a week, but they're also going to potentially win you a playoff position, potentially, you know, those points per game. I mean, that's what we're talking about in fantasy, right? Winning weeks is very important, but overall points is as well. How many points you average per week is incredibly important. It's a very useful stat to know, right? And if your team is averaging a lot of points, even if you don't win every week, right? I mean, you could be a seven and two team, but you're putting up 170, 180 points a week. It just so happens that, you know, the two losses you have, the other team had a crazy, crazy week. But if you're consistent, you know, that's what's going to win you these. And um, the Rams are a team that can do that. At number six, we have the Patriots. Um, Patriots are a very talented team defensively. I think their secondary especially is incredibly talented. I would argue one of the best, possibly the best secondary in the NFL today. Um, obviously, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, uh, Jonathan Jones. Those three guys are incredibly talented. Uh, and then you have one of the McCourty brothers is still playing there. And then you have Kyle Duggar. Um an incredibly talented secondary. Uh, in terms of in terms of uh, the front seven, I think it's vastly improved. We've had this discussion before about the Patriots, um, especially regarding the run game, and there were lots of problems with that run game last season. However, I think that based on the additions that they've added this offseason, Matthew Judon, Devon Godshow, um, and then the draft, of course, I think that they've more more than uh, made up for that, right? And offensively, the team is better. And it's not exactly, it's not, listen, if the team offensively is better, will it directly, you know, impact the amount that the defense scores? Like, like I think it does. Because if the, again, if the offense is on the field, working drives, scoring touchdowns, it's much easier for the defense to get more rest. And that's a big component. It really is. People underrate, you know, how much how much time the defense should be on the field. And while it's great to have those one hit, you know, boom, seventy five yard touchdowns, um, defensively, you want to see long, sustained drives um, that give the defense a real chance to rest. Uh, and that's what the Patriots are kind of built on: time of possession. At number seven, we have the. Colts, the I mean, listen, the Colts are in a very weak division. I think they have two teams in that division. Well, they have one team that is inept, anemic at offense, right? That is more than clear. I mean, the Texans are going to be very, very bad this season. I think the Jaguars will be okay, but they're not going to be incredible. Um, I think the Titans are a worry, are a concern. Um, the Colts secondary is not, not always the best, but... You know, other than that, the Colts are a very, very good defensive team, especially running-wise, run defense. Um, they're one of the top, in my opinion. Um, listen, the Colts are a team you will not go wrong with. I think they're going to have a couple big weeks. Um, you just have to figure out what those weeks are. Hint, they're against the Texans. But the Colts are definitely a strong team to pick. Um, at number seven, we have the Bills. Um, listen, the Bills' secondary is very good. I think their run defense, to me, it's pretty good. I think that their pass rush might be a little weak, but I think that they can still get the job done, which is why they're, uh, sorry, at number eight, the Bills are. 
Um, listen, a very, very strong team, a very, very good team, experienced, well-coached. Um, you know, the offenses in division, I mean, I don't think the Dolphins are that incredible. The Patriots are going to be good, but we'll see how great they are. I hope they're great, but we'll see how great they are. Um, and then the Jets, I mean, who knows? So, you know, things to consider with the Bills, but definitely a, a team to pick at number eight. Uh, if you end up, you know, one of the later picks, if, 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 if you've picked, um, defenses start going off the board. I think the Bills are a, a strong team to consider for sure. Uh, at number nine, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, San Francisco, a very good team, always well coached, always incredibly, always having a good defense. They obviously lost uh, Robert Sala to the Jets, who's now the head coach of the Jets, which I do think is a big loss. Um, but they do get Nick Bosa back from injury. They had a very injured team last season. I think this team could shoot up into the top five this season. They're a very talented team. Um, they did lose some players, and their offense, I think, is still suspect. So there are concerns, um, but I think that the Niners are always a great team to pick if you don't know anyone, if you don't really, uh, if you haven't really researched defenses, the Niners are always a safe team to pick. They're always going to get the job done. At number 10, we have the Dolphins. The Dolphins are an incredible, well, not incredible. They're a very talented defense. I think that they definitely lost some players, Kyle Van Noy, um, and, you know, their secondary, I think, is a bit over overrated. I think Xavier Howard isn't as good as people think he is. Um, he did have 12 interceptions last season, which is very good fantasy-wise. I think fantasy-wise, this team is strong uh, and is very capable of getting the job done. Um, they're just at 10 because I don't think they're – they don't wow me. But I do think that um, uh, Brian Flores is a good head coach, and I think that he has the potential to make this defense uh, a very, very – very, very strong one this season. Moving on to kickers. Um, and again, the kicking position, you know, listen, missed kicks are minus three, right? Every single time, right? So you have to factor that in, right? Now you also have to factor in, okay, you know, any field goal under 40 yards is three points. A 40 plus 40 to 50 is four, 50 plus is five. So, I mean, if a kicker hits, you know, three field goals in a game and three extra points, right? You're getting 12 points. You're getting, you're like, you're getting 12 points minimum. You can end up with anywhere from 12. And, and again, three field goals and three extra points, that's a lot. But two field goals and three extra points, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about 10 points here. Um, for the best kickers. Um, and not number one. Listen, he wasn't number one in fantasy last season. But he is the most accurate kicker, I think, in my opinion, over his entire career. Um, and I think Justin Tucker deserves to be number one. If he's on the board, I would take him. He's going to miss very few kicks. He's going to kick a lot. Um, and he's very consistent. So you're going to get a similar point total week to week from him. Um, which is nice to know that you have that extra bonus. Uh, at two, we have Harrison Butker. Listen, Harrison Butker has a very, very strong leg. Harrison Butker is going to kick the ball far, especially in Arrowhead. You know, I think that the wind will definitely play a factor, especially if he's kicking with the wind at his back, right? 
Now, obviously, he's an incredible kicker. I think he, I believe he had more points than Tucker last season. But I, I do think, you know, the greatest thing about Butker is that his offense is going to put him in positions to kick a lot. I think the issue is they're going to put him in positions to kick a lot of extra points, which are fine. You know, extra points are one point, and and, and the difference between one point and three points is, is, you know, over time is going to end up being quite a bit. So I think, again, you have to factor that into your into your scenario, into everything that you're thinking about um, to really make an informed decision, right? At number three, we have Young Wei Koo. Listen, Young Wei Koo is incredible. Um, he is a very, very talented kicker for Atlanta, a team that does score, does have a very strong offense. I think still has a very strong offense, although the running game is concerning. Um, Young Wei Koo is very, very good. Um, he's for he's plays for Atlanta, so I just think that he's a solid pick. You can't go wrong. He's going to get you points. Matt Gay at four. Um, he plays for the Rams. Again, the Rams have a very talented offense. I think that the Rams will be good this season. I think that Matt Gay will be getting a lot of points, um, and I think they'll kick a fair amount of field goals as well. Um, I just don't think he's as talented as the other three, so I, I, I think he'll miss some kicks. Um, at number five, we have Jason Sanders. Um, Jason Sanders plays for Miami one of the most talented kickers in the NFL. I would argue one of the best in terms of accuracy and in terms of leg strength, which are, you know, two very, very important, <laughs> two very, very important things to have uh, when you are a kicker. Um, Jason Sanders, again, incredibly talented player, um, and he's going to be kicking field goals. The issue is, is how many is he going to kick? I think that depends on how good the offense is. If, Tua can play very, very well. You can steal Jason Sanders. Steal. But I don't know if the offense will be that good, so that's why he is at five. At six, we have Ryan Suckup, the Super Bowl champion. Uh, personally, I thought he had a great end of the season last season. Um, he had a lot of kicks last season. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals and a lot of touchdowns this season. I think the field goal total... Might go down a little bit, but I think that the extra point total will go up a little bit. I think he won't have as strong of a fantasy campaign, but I think he's going to be consistent like Tucker. Uh, again, a very consistent kicker. Doesn't have the biggest leg, but we know the offense can play, and especially given that the teams that are playing are very, very bad, I think you cannot go wrong with Ryan's suck-up. At seven, we have Rodrigo Blankenship for the Colts. He had a stellar start to the season last season. Then he tapered off a little bit. I think that the offense has some concerns, but with an offense with concerns, leads to field goals a lot of the time. So if they can't get done the red zone, I think Blankenship can get the job done. He's accurate. He's got a big leg. Um, there's really nothing that you, you, you cannot like about him. At number eight, we have Tyler Bass. He plays for the Bills. And if you didn't notice, I'm saying who these players play for. Uh, because I have zero faith that anyone actually knows what teams these guys play for. Tyler Bass plays for the Bills. Talented kicker. Uh, Buffalo's a bit windy, so you know definitely a concern, right, with you know missed kicks and, and how often they'll elect to kick. Um, but the offense is high-flying. They're going to put the ball in the red zone. They're going to move the ball. Um, again, I don't think you can go wrong. I think he's a great kicker. Um, I just don't think he's as strong as the rest of them, and I think that the wind concerns are definitely a little put off for me. At number nine, we have Daniel Carlson. Uh, he plays for 
the Las Vegas Raiders. I think offensively they're going to be very they're going to struggle a lot this season. Um, I don't know how much they'll be able to put the ball in the red zone or in you know in field goal range. But Daniel Carson is a very very talented kicker. He deserves credit where credit is due, and thus he is at number nine. At number ten we have Jason Myers, kicker for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, very talented kicker. Um, very good in fantasy. Listen, there is there is you know some difference between these kickers, but there's not a whole lot. But if you get one of the top kickers, you're going to be getting a few more points every week, right, on average, I think. And that's what's important. Jason or uh, Jason Myers is very talented, but there is a difference between him and Justin Tucker, him and Harrison Butker. There is. He's just not as good. His offense, I think, is just not – I just think that his field goals, the amount that he kicks, is just not very high. Um I think he will have a good season, though. I think he has the potential to be a very, very strong kicker come next season. That will wrap up our five-part mini-series on kickers, defenses, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. I'd like to thank Connor DiBiase for participating in four of those episodes with me. They were all very, very, very good, um, and there was lots to be proud about, I think. I think that... uh, I think that there's lots to be proud about. I think that, you know, you as as listeners should have all the information you need, um, you know, to really, really get a big, big advantage over over the teams you're playing against. My advice in fantasy, and especially in a draft scenario, is obviously, A, you got to know what pick you have, right? Because you cannot walk into the draft with the first pick right, and not know who you're going to pick. Likewise, if you have the last pick in the draft, like I do, I'm in an eight-team draft, um, if you have the last pick, you cannot walk into it um, and not know who the players you want, who the players are, if available, that you'll be picking, right? The second thing is you have to plan. You have to know, okay, who are the players that I want? Who are the players that that I want? You know, and, and some of them will fall, but you have to understand that based on where you're picking, there are certain players you just might not get. Because it's going to be if you was, you pick them your last turn, it'll be too hot. You, you pick them too early, and they're not available at your next turn because it's just you know it's too it's too late. Someone else has already picked them, so you have to be okay. You have to be okay with the knowledge that there's going to be certain players that you are just not going to be able to get, right? But the third piece of advice is don't blindly stick to a plan, right? You have to be able to adjust on the fly. You have to be able to make a decision and say, well, listen, these players are very good, right? And there's there's going to be times where if, you, if you're able to adjust and you're able to kind of figure it out, right, there's going to be players who are going to fall to you because other teams are not as well built, right? If you pick a running back, then a wide receiver, then you can pick a running back or a wide receiver or potentially a tight end in the third round. Right. If you pick a running back in the first and the second, you're not going to pick another running back. Right. It's not going to happen. So you're going to be forced to take a wide receiver that you might not want to take. Right. In the later rounds, when you need a player, okay, that's fine. That's one thing. When you need a player, like in the later rounds, and it's just to get a player, maybe a backup, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But in the early rounds, you want to be able to pick like the best available player. You don't want to be trapped. And so 
that th- that's my advice. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. We'll be back soon with more fantasy content. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear me in the next one. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it, Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State, open shot. Fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.